I struggled to get home that night. It wasn't one of those cliched heart attacks where you clutch your chest, you take in your final breath and you turn blue. It wasn't one of those moments. It was just a discomfort in my chest. Felt like it was indigestion or maybe a beer had gone down the wrong way. I didn't know what was going on. They appeased me by saying, we've got something on the ECG that we haven't recognized before. So we just like to take you in for further investigation. I've since realized then that that is their way of saying, you've had a heart attack, but we don't want to tell you you've had a heart attack in case it panics you. Welcome to the Plant-Based Eating Made Easy podcast. I'm your host, Anna Zin, plant-based registered dietitian and transition coach. Hi, friend. Do you want to regain your health with plant-based eating, but feel overwhelmed and lost about how to do it? Do you feel it'll be hard to change your meat-heavy diet and impossible with working, running the home, or chasing after the grandkids? If so, you're in the right place. Here you'll find simple strategies, clear nutrition guidance, and practical tips to help you thrive plant-powered with more energy. So if you're ready to ditch the guesswork and transform your health the stress-free way, cozy up now with a hot cup of tea or listen while you walk and let me show you how doable plant-based eating can be. Let's do this. I'm excited to share with you part one of this guest interview today. I really hope my guest story inspires and shows you what can be possible when there is a shift in eating pattern and lifestyle to an active plant-powered one. If you would like support in your health journey to reach your health and weight goals and want to explore how I may be able to help you in that, send me an email at healthnow@plantnourish.com or apply for a free rapid health transformation call using the link in the show notes. I can't wait to connect with you and see how I can support you. Now let's get into today's interview. Today, I'm thrilled to welcome another special guest to the Plant-Based Eating Made Easy podcast, Paul. Paul is a member of my Beginners for Plant-Based Diet Success community on Facebook, and I'm so glad to have him here with us today. So hello, Paul. Welcome to this show. How are you doing today? Good evening, Anna. Thank you very much for inviting me on. I'm doing very well. Thank you. That's wonderful. To start us off, would you be able to take just a minute or two to share a little bit about yourself and your background with us? I'm sure our listeners would love to know. Of course, it would be a pleasure. So my name is Paul. I live in England. I'm a project manager for a mechanical services installation company. I think in America and Canada, that would be classed as a HVAC engineering company, I think. So I project manage mechanical services, heating, ventilation, air conditioning into the construction industry. Personally, I'm originally from Devon, which is in the southwest of England. I've now lived in Northbrook, which is in the east of England for approximately 13 years. I met my wife in 2011 and we've been happily married for nine of those. She's called Christine. She's American citizen by birth, but she has lived in the UK all her life. I also have an adult and independent son back down in Devon, who is a kitchen restaurant manager. We have a great relationship despite the 350 mile difference. That's great. And I have to ask this, since you're from the UK, are you into football at all? And is there a team that you support? Yeah, my team are Plymouth Argyle. They're based down in Devon in my hometown. They currently play in the championship. They've just been promoted from third tier up to the second tier. That's great. Congratulations on that. So thank you for sharing, Paul. 
Let's move into talking a little bit about what your diet or eating was like before you made this change. So what was your diet and eating and lifestyle like before? I think up until about 2009, I was a single man. I was living a single man's life. I was regularly drinking. I was regularly smoking. I was eating irresponsibly, really. And I had no particular responsibility for anything else. I was aware of nutrition. I was also aware of exercise and diet and the benefits that they brought. I think I just chose not to live that way. It was so much easier not to. Food was always available, junk food mainly. There were always fast food restaurants around where I lived. Food was accessible, beer was accessible, pubs were always open. And I just wasn't living that healthy life. I was living a happy life, or what I thought was happy. My definition of happy at that time is not my definition of happy now. But I was just living that way, and I didn't see any other reason to change that. It wasn't until 2009 that I realized that I was getting older and I shouldn't be living that way. I kind of half-heartedly tried to improve my health every now and again, but it never lasted that long. Didn't really have the tools or the education or even the motivation to make that change. So I just carried on plodding along, eating burgers, going for a beer and going to work and carrying on on a daily routine in that way. So it wasn't good at all. It wasn't good. Thanks for sharing that, Paul. And you know, I think what you described, the kind of lifestyle you're having, your eating pattern is pretty typical of most adults. And I can certainly understand that lifestyle, especially in the UK with the pubs and there's lots, not just in the UK, lots of convenience foods. There's lots of stores open. You have Marks and Spencer's, Tesco. You can just go and grab food, right? You can go. There's so many restaurants and places to go. Life has just been made so convenient for us, isn't it? Everything is available to us whenever we want it, wherever we want it. We don't have to think any water. We don't have to think about what we're doing, about the actions that we're taking. We don't have to think about those consequences. Yes, absolutely not. So you had mentioned to me previously, I remember in our conversations, that something significant happened to your health when you were about 40 years of age. What happened then? Simply put, I, I had a heart attack. I'd been out the previous evening to a friend's house for a poker night. We'd been drinking beer, we'd been eating pizza, we'd just been having a good time. A friend's house wasn't far from where I was living at the time. It was about a hundred meter walk, I guess, up a small flight of steps onto my street. And then I had to walk about 50 meters into my house. I struggled. I struggled to get home that night. It wasn't one of those cliched heart attacks where you clutch your chest, you take in your final breath and you turn blue. It wasn't one of those moments. It was just a discomfort in my chest. Felt like it was indigestion or maybe a beer had gone down the wrong way. I managed to get home, managed to get into bed. I lived on the third floor, so that was a struggle getting up the stairs. I managed to get into bed, but I couldn't lay down couldn't sleep and lay down at the same time. I went through a packet of 24 indigestion tablets that night and I had to sleep up, sleep upright in my bed. The following morning when I got up, my friend who I was living with had a mobile catering business. He'd worked the previous evening and asked me to help empty his van. It was then that the chest pain started again and I realized that something wasn't quite right. So I found the emergency services talked them through my symptoms and they advised me to open the front door and if possible, put my shoes on. <laughs> it's kind of scary now looking back on it, but I just followed those instructions. I didn't know what was going on. They never explained anything to me. Five minutes later, an ambulance turned up. They helped me into the ambulance. They carried out an ECG and probably took me to the hospital. 
I still didn't know what was going on. They appeased me by saying, we've got something on the ECG that we haven't recognized before. So we just like to take you in for further investigation. I've since realized then that that is their way of saying, you've had a heart attack, but we don't want to tell you you've had a heart attack in case it panics you. So I've been spent the next four days in a hospital bed. The second day I had a stent fitted and then I was released four days later. Thank you for sharing this, Paul. It's so vivid, <laughs> such a moving sharing of your experience. And you remember all the details so clearly, but I guess it's such a significant event that I would probably remember all the details too. Your experience is definitely not a typical one or one that, like you said, we imagine when we think about or see in movies, that classic sign of clutching the chest and then, you know, falling down. I think we can thank Hollywood for that, can't we? Yes, we can. But having said that, though, just in the last few years, I've had friends who have had husbands, two or three I can think of right now, in the last two or three years who've had a heart attack. One literally in the middle of the night gasped and then was gone. I would imagine it was such a shock because you're only 40 years old at the time. So it's very young, you know, to have a heart attack. And it's probably good the emergency services didn't tell you directly it was a heart attack and then waited till you got to the hospitals to keep you calm. And so much more the shock too of the next day having to go for surgery and get the stent placed. Have you since had any more stents placed? Yeah, after that stent was fitted, I was down in Plymouth at the time in Devon. It was shortly after that that I moved up to Norfolk. I was on five different types of medication. I didn't really take the past seriously. I'd started a new life up in Norfolk. And I just felt that my medication was doing what it was meant to be doing. I did change my diet, but not massively. I did improve my health slightly. I took advice from the cardio department in terms of diet and exercise, but I didn't take it seriously enough, I don't think, because I was relying on the medicine. And then two years later, I was with my wife by then. We'd bought a dog and I used to take him out in the evenings. And I started to develop a, it's like a stitch kind of sensation in my collarbone. And I would complain to my wife about it. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm getting old. I must be getting old anyway. She insisted that I made another doctor's appointment. So I went for another ECG. And it was at that point when she said, oh, my doctor said at the time, well, there's something on the graph that I don't recognize. And it was like, hello, I've heard this before. And my doctor told me to phone my wife and tell her to take me to hospital where my doctor had phoned her head and they were expecting me. My symptoms weren't as severe, but the outcome was exactly the same. So I had a second stand fit and it was at that point I thought I need to do something seriously to my lifestyle. Otherwise I'm not going to make 50 or even 45. And it was at that point, that was the wake up call for me. Wow. Thank you for sharing this. So you were just about 42, 43 then, is that right? 42, yeah. Okay. So when you had your first stent placed, because this is probably what many people have experienced, the doctor would tell you. Wait, the nurse would give you advice on how to change your eating and exercise. What did they tell you then? What changes had you made? Uh, I think the main changes were in diet. So I had to stay away from fatty foods. I had to stay away from soft cheeses. And that was pretty much it really, to be honest. It wasn't, it wasn't great advice. They told me to eat more oats, more fruit and veg and try and take exercise when I could. And that was basically all I remember from that instruction. It wasn't great. Okay, I see. And it sounds pretty standard healthy eating advice in general that most doctors would give patients. So I would love to ask you, 
Around April, you started really taking concrete steps towards plant-based eating. So what resources helped you during that time or what was some of the catalysts surrounding that change? Yeah, sure. So prior to April, I'd said before that I was really serious about changing my lifestyle and my health. And I'd been doing a personal training fitness program last summer, but I jumped out of that around September, October time when the project that I was on was particularly really stressful that sent me into a phase of depression and I eventually lost my job, which spun me down into even more depression. So it was around February, March time that I was at my all time low. I didn't see any prospects for myself whatsoever, but I carried on fighting and I eventually got a new job in the April of this year. Buoyed by the enthusiasm and the positivity of that, I reconnected with my personal trainer friend and rejoined his fitness program. It wasn't a great success, but I carried on. It was then in the April time that I came home from my new job in the evening and put on Netflix and the Game Changers documentary came up and that just opened so many doors for me. It was just so enlightening, that whole video. It hit so many targets that I was trying to achieve, particularly the cardiovascular elements. And I think from there that I researched Forks Over Knives, an amazing website filled with so much clear, concise, simple information. So I joined their mailing list. And I think from there, I was sent a link from the Food Revolution Network. Another time they were doing a week-long series of online documentaries on the health benefits of a whole food plant-based diet. And they were the two biggest influences that made me say, yes, I can do this. So my wife came home from work one evening and I just simply announced, well, I'm not going to eat meat or dairy anymore, babe. I'm just done with it. I don't want to eat it anymore. I don't want to increase my risk of dying. I'm already at a high risk. I don't want to increase that any further. If I get to 70, I don't want to die of cancer. I just want to die of old age. So we had that conversation. I didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't know what I needed to do to do it, but I knew that I would work towards it and through the food revolution network and through forks over knives. And from there, other links, other doctors, other nutritionists that were interviewed on these videos. I just filled my head with all of this positive information on how to do it. And I'm still learning now. I'm nowhere near knowing everything. I don't think anybody could be, but I'm definitely in a better place now. Definitely. That's so many great resources that seem to come at just the right time. And you're right. No one can finish getting all the new information about plant-based eating or know all about the plant-based world. That's why I usually say it's a journey because we start from one point, but I think it's a lifelong journey and adventure and a fun one too. As you delve more into the plant-based world, learn more about all the new research that keeps coming up every year. There's so much to learn and so many foods to taste and to enjoy as well. Totally agree with you. The range of flavors. Okay, so you do have them when you eat meat, when you eat chicken, but they stand out when you don't. They stand out on their own and they become the focus of the meal. And that's what's exciting for me. That's true. That's wonderful to hear. And it's true, sometimes when we have meat-heavy dishes, usually it's the meat flavor itself, but also often it's cooked in oils and other condiments, right? Lots of salt and other things. But when we remove that portion and we actually start to appreciate and enjoy actual whole foods, the tastes become sharper in some sense. Our taste buds seem to get refined more and we are able to enjoy the actual different tastes of whole foods. So it's been about four months since you made your transition to plant-based eating. Have you experienced any health changes so far? If so, what are they? 
Okay. So with the inclusion of the fitness program that I've been doing since April, I've lost 10 kilograms. With the change in my diet, I've talked to my doctor about reducing my medication. My ultimate goal is to come off all my meds. I think that was one of the major reasons for going for whole food plant-based when I watched the game changes, that cardiovascular could be reversed. And I didn't want to be dependent on medication because I'd known from the previous 10 years that medication doesn't fix you. It just holds you there. You still need to make the effort and fix yourself. So this was one of the other reasons for going whole food plant-based because I wanted to eliminate all my medication. So I talked to my doctor about reducing. She agreed that she could reduce my high blood pressure and she also agreed to eliminate my medication for angina risk. I'd been taking that particular medication, I can't remember the name of it now, since 2009. But I didn't know why, I never suffered from angina, ever. But it's part of their process to give you angina tablet. So I managed to get rid of that one. But like I say, my biggest goal now is to remove all meds from my life. Those are great positive changes so far. With the fitness program being able to drop 22 pounds in the last four months or so since May, in addition to being able to reduce your blood pressure medication and drop one of your cardiovascular medications, the one for angina risk. So I'm cheering you on, hoping that you'll be able to drop even more meds as you move forward. Because it sounds like you've been on them for a long time, like you said, over 10 years since 2009. And I absolutely agree with you when you said medication doesn't fix you. I think our current way of handling medical diagnoses and treatment is really using meds, meds to help manage a condition or to help keep someone status quo, but it rarely really addresses the source of the issues. And you're so right when you said medication doesn't fix you, it holds you there and you still need to fix yourself. I think there are still underlying causes to our body and the way it functions that we need to address and to look at and to optimize for full and vibrant health. I think that would be a great pausing point for us at this point because I'm definitely curious to find out more about your story. So let's pick it up in the next part of the interview and we can find out more about the changes you made to your lifestyle. Yeah, I'm absolutely happy to do that. That would be great. So our listeners, please do join us for part two of this interview. We'll see you in the next episode. Sometimes it really does take a health scare, something unexpected to make us wake up and see a different side to life. We wake up to being much more appreciative of life, of the fact that we are still here and able to spend a few more precious moments with those we dearly love. Having had a few emergency room or ER visits so far over the course of my life, I know what that feels like. Maybe it was a heart attack, a severe allergic reaction, a sudden stroke or ER event due to out-of-control blood sugars for you. We walk out of those double doors of the hospital so grateful we get to see another blue sky and a loved one smile and receive a hug. If this has happened to you before, I urge you to let this thankfulness and renewed gratitude for life propel you forward. Don't forget how it feels to realize that your life could have gone so quickly out of your grasp. If you've realized through your health scare that your current way of eating and lifestyle just isn't cutting it, I encourage you to use this conviction to now move you forward on your health journey and onto seriously considering a different way of life, such as plant-based eating. Your transition to a plant-powered lifestyle 
can be enjoyable and smooth with minimal transition challenges with the right support and guidance, I promise you. Sometimes, though, it can take two health scares or more. That seems to be a theme in many of the guest interviews I've had so far on this podcast. That's why I'm rejoicing that there was a turning point for many of my guests in their health journeys and that they chose to move forward to a plant-par lifestyle and can now reap its health benefits. Like my guest today, will you be one of them too? I invite you to reach out to me at healthnowatplantnourish.com or apply for a free rapid health transformation call using the link in the show notes. Let's connect and I can see how I may be able to help support you and what I think the next best steps for your health situation or plant-based diet transition would be. Thank you for listening to the Plant-Based Eating Made Easy podcast. If this podcast has helped you, please rate and leave a written review on the Apple Podcast app or iTunes to let me know. Nothing will lift me up more than to read your review and see how this podcast has made a difference in your life. I also pick reviews to read on this show, so your review could be one of them. Come connect with me in my free Facebook community group, Beginners for Plant-Based Diet Success. Just go to bit.ly forward slash pb diet success. That's bit.ly forward slash pb diet success. You can also subscribe and follow this podcast to get notified when a new episode goes live. Signing off now, this is Anna, and I wish you the best health always.